Business leaders, listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. So I was asked to speak at a high school graduate graduation recently, and there all these students were. They're in their robes, and they're done with high school, and I was the only thing standing between them and their getting their diploma and the, all the celebrations that were going to follow. And as a keynote speaker, I knew I better keep it short and do everything I could to make it memorable. So, you know, I spoke about the choices they all had, these students had. And as I spoke, I watched a parent sitting in the audience, and I realized these are choices that belong to all of us. I mean, we all control the choices we make no matter our circumstances. And those choices often determine our success in life, our impact on others, and our impact on the world around us. But, you know, there's a lot of things in our life we don't control. I mean, we can't control the people we work for. We can't control the people who we work with. We can't control the people who work for us. We can't control the people we sell to, the people we buy from. We can't control our spouses. We can't control our children. We can't control the weather. We can't control the economy. Oh, my gosh, we can't control a lot of things. But you know what we can control? We can control our choices. We can control our responses to all the things we can't control. Our choices and the circumstances that God puts in front of us are just that. They're our choices. And I wanted to create a sense of anticipation and hope with these graduates as I spoke that day. And so I told them, I said, hey, no matter what's happening, happened to you in your life or what will happen in your lives, you, we all have a choice. That should give us all hope. We have a choice. Whether we're 18 or 80 years old, no matter our circumstances, we have a choice. I'm Dave Anderson, and you're listening to Impact Talk Radio. And on Impact Talk Radio, I'm going to bring on leadership experts, the authors, the gurus. They all know leadership. And I interview them. I ask them questions that leaders want to know and want the answers to. And if you're leading a small team or a large company, there's going to be something here for you because Impact Talk Radio is about leadership. Today, we have Sandra Beck on the, talk, uh, on the show to talk about the challenges of leading a company and leading a family at the same time. But back to those choices that we're talking about here. See, my, one of those choices I talked about is our attitudes are a choice. You know, I know that to, for, to be a fact because uh, I watch eight-year-olds play soccer. If you ever watch eight-year-old, eight-year-old sports, you know that on any given day, some kid's going to show up and not be interested in playing. He just doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to pass the ball to his teammates. And then you see that good coach, that good coach who pulls that kid off the field sits him down on the bench, talks to him. And then when a kid gets back in, all of a sudden he's totally transformed. He's running around, sprinting all over the field, sharing the ball. What changed? Did his teammates change? Did his game change? Did, did the weather change? I mean, no. The only thing that changed was his attitude. If an eight-year-old can make the choice to change his attitude, I think all us adults can and leaders can as well. Look, your future is a choice. My past can either be, make me bitter or can make me better. That's my choice, okay? It can either make me bitter or make me better. My father was an orphan. He was abandoned by his father after his mother died at a county orphanage. And you know what he did? Even though everybody in the town made fun of the orphans, he ended up 
graduating top of his class in high school. He got he went to the United States Military Academy at West Point, served two tours in Vietnam, and retired as a general after 41 years. 41 years in the military. My father, Jim Anderson, could have let his past make him bitter, but he chose to have it make him better. My future is my choice. Uh, my choice, And my parenting is my choice. My father probably had an excuse to be a bad parent. He could have been there, been a bad parent because he had a bad parent, but he chose not to. He had a choice. He could have been a lousy father as an, and used a lousy father as an excuse to be a lousy father as well, but he didn't. My father uh, and... My father turned out to be a great father. And each day I have a to- choice to be the type of parents that I want to be. I have a choice to be like my parents or something different, no matter what, they, what type of parents I had. I could be like them or something different. My father chose to be something different from his father, and I choose to be just like mine. My father's choice in parenting changed the trajectory of our family for generations. No matter how, how, how our parents are, we all have a choice. So look, my character is a choice. My character is determined by my habits, my good habits and my bad habits. And my, ha- my habits all start with a choice. Each time I choose something, it makes it easier to choose that behavior again the next time. That's how we all develop habits. We should all be encouraged by that thought. We should all have hope, hope because our future is not determined by the circumstances in our lives, but by the choices we make in the midst of those circumstances. We're all becoming something. Our choice leads us our choices lead us to closer to or further to the person further from the person we could all possibly be. Again, it's my choice. You know what? Sandra Beck's coming on and she's gonna be talking about choices. And she's gonna be talking about the choices we all make as leaders of our own companies and leaders of our families. So right after this message, we'll be right back with Sandra Sandra Beck talking about what it's like to be to run your own company and to lead your family. This is Impact Talk Radio, a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Imagine if you could stop reacting and start leading because you lead a low-maintenance team. A low-maintenance team has initiative, integrity, and enthusiasm. A low-maintenance team is fun to lead because they don't bicker, play politics, or wait for you, the leader, to tell them what to do. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a step-by-step program that will eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on a team. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a video-based course that provides even the busiest leaders with practical, real-life solutions that can be implemented during the whirlwind and busyness of your daily job. Watch the free introductory videos at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and learn more about what the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture can do for busy leaders who want to lead low-maintenance teams. Get the free PDF Hiring for Character Interview Guide by going to OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and downloading the OMG Power Pack. Don't wait. Stop reacting and start leading. Visit OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and start building your low-maintenance team today. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. 
Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, we got Sandra Beck back on today, to, uh, and I'm going to interview her, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be a, a single parent also running your own business. And Sandra's background is she was in part of the corporate world, but then she left the corporate world uh, to be an entrepreneur, to run her own company. And Sandra teaches all her clients how to maximize their lives by using the power of the internet. And they couple with that with the drive of their passions to create a lifestyle that, you know, just the lifestyle of their dreams. And see, Sandra's the president of Motherhood Incorporated. She's an author. She's a coach. She's a speaker. She's a radio host. She's an entrepreneur. She's a philanthropist. I mean, Sandra is successful in everything she does, and she is busy. Probably one of the biggest and most proudest things, parts of her life is the fact that she's a single mother of two young boys. But in the midst of all that, she created a virtual empire that's a uh, keeps that she keeps staffed and manages and implements and hosts a virtual and has a uh, just a host of virtual assistants and online online resources. Sandra is also has her own radio show, actually more than one radio show. She has Military Mom Talk Radio and Powered Up Talk Radio, and her Motherhood Talk Radio show is in syndication. Sandra, you're busy. I appreciate you being here with us to talk uh, talk again because you know what. People need to hear what it's like and get hear from somebody who's as busy as you are, who's as successful as you are, who's also running a family and doing it well. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Dave. I'm I'm happy to be back. Well, you know, last time we talked a lot about your move into the entrepreneurial world and you know running your own business and things. But what has since you've moved into that world and what's been the biggest challenge for you in running a company and leading a family at the same time? You know, Dave, I love what you said about choices because, you know, it's, it's all about your choices and your choices even include, you know, what you're going to think about and how you're going to think about it. And I think, you know, the biggest challenge for me is letting go of whatever scenario I'm in so I can switch gears. Like, you know, maybe I've been talking to a client and we're right in the middle of the breakthrough and then, you know, either he's got to go or I got to go or there's soccer practice or whatever and saying, okay, I can shelve this for now. I'm not going to lose these great ideas and I'm going to go take my kids to soccer. We're going to have a great time. And then at seven o'clock I will resume, you know, when they're doing their homework, I do my work and, you know, letting go of that desire to want to complete something right now, or you have a disagreement with somebody and it's, you know, running through your head and ruminating. It's really hard in the beginning to let it go shift gears and put yourself in full present parent mode. And, you know, I go to these soccer games, I go to these baseball games and the parents are on their phone the whole time. It's like, they might as well not even be at, at the game and their kids know it, you know, they look up in the stands and mom's looking down at the phone or dad's looking, you know, talking it off into space. They're not even there to see their kid hit a home run. So I look at, you know, running a company and running a family like, a gear shift in a truck. You know, I grew up in the country. I grew, drove this big old green pickup truck. And when I shifted gears, you know how you feel that, <clears throat> you know, shift? <laughs> yeah. I kind of mentally do that in my head and I go, okay, <clears throat> you know, okay, we're mom mode now. We're family mode now. And that's, you got to be able to do that if you're going to be successful in both arenas. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, uh, my my kids have gone off to college now, but all those times, I, I know I was blessed with uh, the the job I had, and I had a lot of good mentors talking to me about the same thing that you just said. They kept telling me, "Be." 
totally there. Don't just be there in body because your kids don't just want you there in body. They want you there with them 100%. So, and they're paying attention. They're looking at you and they're watching what you're doing even when you don't think they are. And, you know, really there's very few things that are a real emergency. And, um, man, it's, it's just so true. Just so true what you said there. So let's keep going with that, that premise here. How – how do you avoid letting the demands of leading your business get in the way of your family? Because some people say, I hear it all the time, but Dave, you just don't understand what's going on in my business. Well, I'm going to retort. Well, you don't know what's going on in your own business because if you know what's going on in your business, like, you know, I do a lot of planning, Dave. I plan every Sunday night. You can see me in my, you know, kitchen table with my planners, you know, whether for the kids stuff, my work stuff, my own personal stuff, my fitness, my health, my family communication, all of that gets planned out, you know, in, in the work week. And then every morning before I turn on my computer, before I look at my phone, I go into my office and I say to myself, what do I need to get done today? I look at my schedule and go, what amount of time do I have to do it in? Then I look at it and go, is this something I can offsource? Is this something I can leverage to somebody else to give to somebody on my team? What do I absolutely have to get done today? What's most important? How much time do I have? Because you know what? Realistically, in two or three hours, most executives can get 90% of their actual task work done. Now, that doesn't mean you can call people back and you know check the internet and surf things, but I can go through my email and I just delete things I won't read. I shelve things I'm going to read later. And then I get to my action items. And if you get to that action items right away, even if you only have typically four hours uninterrupted work time, which is what I have in a given day, Mm -hmm. you can get 90% of your critical work done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that last critical work, you know, I've heard it said, I used to say to people all the time, there's a difference between what's nice to do and what needs to be done. I can fill up my whole day with nice to do's. But if I haven't done the stuff that needs to be done first, I will. I'll, I'll be driving home at the end of the day and I'll be thinking, what did I just accomplish today? I, I, I answered a lot of email. I, you know, I sent a lot of emails. But is that leading? Am I doing what only I can do? I think that's a critical thing. You know, what, what is it out there that you as a leader, especially if you're leading your own company, what is it that only you can do and what else? What can you delegate to others or put off because it's not as important? Well, it isn't, Dave, and I call it the goose egg approach. It's like, am I going to walk out of my office today with a goose egg or am I going to hit a home run? And when I look at what I need to do and I take these things off my plate, if I don't want to do it, if I don't like to do it, and if I'm not good at it, then I'm better off spending time to find somebody who can and paying to do those things because that's not worth my, my dime. It's not worth, you know, I'm the top producer, I'm top quality results. So why would I spend my top earning dollars doing something somebody can do for 10 or 20 bucks an hour? Right. Yeah. Good lesson. Good lesson there. So what about that ringing phone? You know, we, you mentioned the people at the soccer field, but you know, I, while I'm sitting here talking to you and we're recording this show, my phone has rang three times. I mean, that, and, and, and so how do you manage that, that constantly ringing phone that, that we all deal with now, especially as a, when you're a parent and you got all those other things going on? Okay, well, here's a real simple solution. I shut it off. I tell my kids, if it's an emergency, text me. You know, and I have one phone for my personal life and I have one phone for my business life. I also tell my clients and I say this really 
bluntly, I'm not a heart surgeon. You don't need a heart transplant. Your anxiety cannot become my anxiety. So you can leave me a message. You can send me an email. But unless your site's been hacked, unless there's a nuclear war, do not bother me because I am working on your stuff and it will wait until our coaching call. Mm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that's not giving good service. But here's good service, and this is what I tell my clients. Like, Dave, you have not heard my phone ring at all. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, I probably got 15, 16 messages queued up, you know, while we're talking. Yeah. But when it's your time, Dave, you get me 100%. The only time you'll ever get interrupted with me is if it's a true emergency. So I'm not, you know, fiddling with my phone. I'm not checking my email while I'm talking to you. You get my 100% attention. And if I have to cancel on you or interrupt you in the middle of a session, because someone else has a greater need, then you either deal with it or go away. Because when it's your great need that comes in, then you're going to need me to marshal my troops and put 100% effort on fixing your problem. Mm. But like I said, your anxiety cannot become my anxiety. And how often do we do that? I mean, in, in an effort to be liked or an effort to have, think people that we're, we're here for you, we're here for you, we actually diffuse our efforts for everybody. In an effort to, in, in, in an attempt to say we're all in 100%. I mean, we defute because we're just spreading ourselves too thin at any particular moment. Uh, I think, man, great stuff. I totally well, yeah, agree with that. You can't be, you know, if it, you, you got to hire reasonable clients or, or you know, get reasonable yeah. clients. No, I had a client one time a couple of years ago, he had a, a toy business and his toy business got hacked by a South American porn company. Now, that to me is a drop everything. I don't care if you're the Pope, you can wait because yeah. I don't want children seeing that objectionable material. And when it came all down, said and done, we found out that his secretary had typed in the wrong DNS. It was just an honest error. It wasn't a hacking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this thing. The FBI got on the phone and I even told the FBI, you can wait. You can wait while I figure this out because I'm the only one who can right now. So, you know, and I did, and I, and I hung up on the guy. I said, I'm wasting time talking to you when I could be fixing the problem. I hung up on him, which he, you know, he wasn't pleased about, but 15 <laughs> minutes later I called him back and he's like, you hung up on me. And I said, well, now I have the solution. So what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. That's customer service. You're right. I mean, that, uh, and you know, I, I think about us with our phones and how much it, they control us. And, uh, there's some people out there they might be concerned about, well, it's my boss. What if it's my boss calling me? What if they expect us to pick up every single time? I hear that as well. It's, it may not be a client, but it's a boss who expects me to pick up. What do you, what do you say to somebody like in that situation? You tell them, this is the times, this is my dedicated work time where I'm finishing the work that needs to be done. You can call me at 10 o'clock, you can call me at 2 o'clock, you can call me at 4 o'clock, you know. I have preset times with with my virtual staff, you know, they need to reach me. And some of them are in India, some are in Afghanistan, some are in Australia. I don't work 24-7. So here are the times that I am available, because realistically, how many true, true, true emergencies are there that you need to talk to me? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I agree. You know, one of the tips I learned from uh, the, uh, the book, uh, The 4-Hour Work Week, was to set up on your email, was to set up an automatic reply that just says, hey, I, uh, 
I only get on, I only jump on email between this hour and this hour during the, you know, between one and two in the afternoon. And if, if you're, if you're, uh, if you can't wait until that time, then please call my cell phone or send me a text or whatever, but don't expect an answer from me until between this hour and this hour. And, you know, using that and talking to your boss about that and just tell your boss, Hey, look, Let's give me. Let me do this for two weeks. Let me see if I get more done. Let's see if I get more done because I'm not being interrupted every time somebody emails me or texts me or whatever. And let's see how productive I am during that time. Just let's give it a shot. So, uh, well, let me ask you this: We just got we got about five uh, four minutes left here, I guess. If you could start all over again, as in business, as a single parent. What mistakes that you made starting out would you avoid now and would you warn people against moving forward? I would say your first response to most things should be, I'll get back to you. Hmm. You know, I felt like I had to give an immediate answer. So that meant sometimes I undersold myself, sometimes I oversold myself, I agreed to things without thinking about it, you know, getting to the point of having patience. You know, you you get so jazzed up when you're an entrepreneur because you can control your income. And you look at these things going, man, I can pull down 20 Gs this month if I just do this, this, and this. And oh, and there's another 16 over there. That's $36,000, man, I get my car. You know, (laughs) just go bananas. And, you know, the mistakes I made in the beginning were, number one, I would have borrowed money to start my business. I was part of that, you know, German, you know, growing up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So I saved my money from corporate America and I I drilled into my own company and I built it up myself. And what I didn't have, I did without. And I think in hindsight, I would have borrowed some money. Um, number two, I would have taken people up on their offers to help me. I don't know if I was pigheaded, Dave, but there was a big part of me that was so chicken shit afraid. I was so terrified every day that I thought if anybody knew I needed help, if anybody knew there was a leak in the dike, you know, I would, I I would just fall apart. And, you know, I realize now, you know, offering, taking up offers on help, like even if it's to pick my kids up from soccer is not an admission to myself that I can't do it. It's just you're getting some help and that's okay. Um, that was a, a, a big thing for me. And the other thing I would have done is I would have leveraged more. You know, I used to get up at four in the morning and I would make the kids lunches and I'd get their clothes laid out and then I'd get them to daycare. And then I'd, I'd come back and I'd put the dinner in the crock pot and then I'd throw in two loads of laundry. And, you know, I was superwoman for about four years. I almost killed myself. And I'm sure I was a monster to be around. I mean, truly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in hindsight, you know, what would it have hurt for me? And I did eventually, you know, almost have a nervous breakdown. And I brought in a housekeeper who helped me. Her name's Anna. She's wonderful. 11 years later, she's still with me. Um, But I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're so nervous and you don't really think about, you know, I can leverage this and it would be okay. I can ask for help and it would be okay. It doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, entrepreneurs, we think we should do it all ourselves because we're an entrepreneur, right? We we, we want to do it all because isn't that what they everybody did? And you know, maybe a lot of people who burn themselves out as entrepreneurs do that, but there's no reason to do that especially in today's connected world like we live in. Look, we got about a minute left. I want to make sure that uh, you get an opportunity to tell people what what your radio shows are about and what they can what they can hear from you on your radio shows uh here and how they can get in contact with you. 
Sure, Dave. People can find me at sandrabeck.com. It just spell it like my name, S-A-N-D-R-A-B-E-C-K.com. My shows are all about bouncing with style. How do you recover from life's challenges? Keep going. And if you want to get great advice on how to get things done quickly and effectively and, and make a lot of money, ask a single mom because or a single dad because they figured out how to do it. Yeah. I mean... They know how to prioritize. They know how to. They know what their priorities are, and uh, when they can juggle all those very fragile crystal balls and know which ones are rubber balls and which ones can drop and which ones are crystal. And you know what the crystal are? It's your family. It's your family. Because I remember somebody telling me, "There's only there's only, when you die, they're going to replace you at work. They're going to replace you in your ministries. They're going to replace you in your, the charity work that you do. But the only hole that's going to be left when you're gone." is in the hearts of the people who love you the most. And so that's the one, those are the crystal balls that we can't let drop. Hey, we're about ready to go to break right here. Sandra, again, thank you so much for being with us here. I'm, we're going to come back here and for about five more minutes. I want to share with you a little bit more about our choices as we move forward and become the leaders that we were designed to be. We'll be right back. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Passionate, dynamic, funny, straightforward, and down-to-earth are all words used to describe Dave Anderson as a speaker and a trainer. You know, people ask me, Dave, why not sales training? And I always say, you know, I could do sales training, and I do periodically. I did it for 20 years. But if I help somebody become a better salesperson, it's like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. Those skills, they stay at work when somebody heads home at night. But if I help them become a better leader at work, they go home, they're a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, better in their community, better in their ministries. I truly believe that leadership is what this world needs, whether it's at work or in our families. And if I can impact that during my lifetime, I know that I will have fulfilled my purpose before I meet my maker. If you want to book Impact Talk Radio host Dave Anderson as a speaker at your next meeting or convention, or you would like to discuss leadership development training opportunities with Dave, email him directly at dave at alslead.com. That's Dave at ALSLead.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 and also on LinkedIn. Watch a video of Dave speaking at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Leaders, if you want an engaged audience that walks away inspired and ready to become the leaders they were meant to, meant to be, contact Dave Anderson via email at Dave at ALSLead.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, I want to thank Sandra Beck again for being on two shows now for us. The first one we were talking about being an entrepreneurial leader, and then we kind of uh, segued into the whole idea of being that entrepreneurial leader and running your own business, but doing it as a single parent. And how do you run a family and a business at the same time? 
And so what I want to do in the last few minutes we're together here is talk about leading our family. Because, you know, just like every organization, every family needs a set of values. I mean, we, we talk about values a lot in the, in the business world, integrity, et cetera, teamwork, all those type of things. We have them on websites and things. But the values in a family, you know, they may not be on a website or on a poster in a break room, but all families would do well if we would determine the values that, that we hold most dear. See, values help organizations and they help families understand what's most important and what they believe. Because, you know, the th- time to figure out what you believe is not in the midst of a crisis or in the face of temptation. You need to be prepared ahead of time. And I need to prepare my kids. They need to know what they believe in and what our family believes in before the crisis or the temptation comes. So the question is, is my family prepared? Because, you know, there's a, there is going to be a crisis coming. Nobody throughout their lives have ever walked through their entire life without some sort of crisis. Someday we're all going to face one. And a crisis is not, it's not going to be merciful to anybody. It's going to challenge adults and children alike. And a solid set of family values are going to help each family member make it through those tough times. See, values give us a set of principles to filter all our reactions through. How we react in a crisis as parents is going to be a, go a long way in determining how our children are going to react when they become adults. See, there's also going to be a coming temptation. If my kids don't know what's important or what, they, what, what we believe as a family, I'm rolling dice on what they're going to do when they're confronted with the temptations of the world. See, rules don't do that. See, we can, we can put a whole bunch of rules out in front of our children or anybody in business. And you know what? You cannot write enough rules to keep people from making stupid decisions, let alone teenagers. What we need to do is to help them understand what their values and how to make decisions when they're, spaced, uh, when they're faced with those temptations. Because values go way beyond a list of do's and don'ts that some parents believe are adequate. You know, I can't – values provide everyone in the family a framework for making those wise decisions because there are decisions coming. Why do some good kids, quote unquote, go to college and get in trouble? Well, I'm not trying to raise perfect children, honestly. I, I don't think I have. I don't, you know, I don't want perfect children who just follow rules. I want to raise wise adults of high character who make wise decisions. See, my children are going to have to make their own decisions when they're in college. And the question is, have I taught them how to make wise decisions or if I just, have I just given them a list of inadequate rules? Once they're in college, they're going to be faced with things I've never thought of making a rule about. So what, how are they going to make that decision? It's got to be with some values. So what values am I talking about? Well, here's just a list. I mean, it, it's just a, it's a list of things that you can talk about. Integrity, family, love, kindness, forgiveness, trust, service, selflessness, education, faith, perseverance, respect, prayer, courage, hard work, communication. Any of those things are good values to talk about with your children. You know, I would always keep it to three to five. And probably my favorite ones that I would apply to my family, I, I all started, they all start with F. The first one is faith because without it, we're all going to fail at the rest. Second thing is family because, you know, we're all here for each other. Blood is thicker than water. Forgiveness. You know what? Knowing how to forgive each other and forgive anybody and especially forgiving somebody when it's not deserved is, is huge. It's a huge value. Fortitude. We don't give up. The Anderson family doesn't give up. And then fun. 
We don't take ourselves too seriously. If my kids go to college with that understanding about themselves and, and what they, they're going to face, when they do face those temptations, it's going to make all the difference in the world on the choices that they make. See, I'm failing as a leader in my company if I don't realize one of my primary responsibilities as a leader is to, set, uh, to help people understand what we believe in as a company. And I'm failing as a leader of my family if at the same time my family doesn't know what's important to us and what we believe in. So there are three steps i got to take when I'm seizing that responsibility as a leader of my family or my company. Defining my, com- my values, communicating those values frequently, and coaching, my, uh, coaching those fam- values frequently. That's what I have to do as a leader in a company. That's what I have to do as a leader of, of a family. The values we hold dear, they, you know, they can be identified based on the behaviors we regularly display. So what do I display as a, as, as a dad or a mom? Have I done anything to guide my family towards those living out those set of values? That's what I want to challenge you on today. Sandra's done a great job balancing that within her life. I want us to look at that example and say, what can I do to, to guide our, our children, guide our families in the values that we display so we can, all, we can teach all our families to make wise decisions? This is Dave Anderson. You're listening to Impact Talk Radio. Find me on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 or email me, DaveAnderson. Dave at ALSLead.com if you want to know more about services I can provide to you or your organization. 